So as you can see, we're doing worship a little bit different tonight. But feel free to come join us right here around the altar. And uh, let's just worship with the open heart tonight. Oh, don't 
Because that's all the Lord requires of us is just our heart. 
He just requires our praise for us to just say hallelujah. We may not have nothing else to say, but we can just say, God, we just give you thanks tonight. God, we just give thanks tonight for your being a blessing to us. And we just give you thanks tonight, God, because we do have food on our table and shoes on our feet, God, and family all around us and church family all around us, God. Come on, whatever you may be facing tonight, can we just say, take a moment to just give God thanks? Come on, can you just let thanks come from your lips? God, we just thank you for just a moment. Lord, we just thank you for you, who you are and what you've done, God. If you don't do another thing for us, God, you are still good, Father. We thank you, Lord. With all our hearts, we give you praise. Lord, we bless your name. We want to say thank you. Say we love you. Jesus, no one like you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus.
Just lift your song, lift your hands, and lift your voice. Call upon the Lord your God. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh Lord, Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you glory. We glorify your name, we lift you high, our God, our King, lift you high, our Savior and our God, we magnify the name above all names, we thank you for your goodness. You are a good, good Father, our God. I can just hear the Father saying that, just to, just to remind us tonight, we get so caught up and we get so dependent on a big sound and a big drum and a big worship team and a big being loud and bold and all. Oh, we just get so caught up on that and the dynamics of worship that we forget how to just come before the Lord and be so simple. And just raise our hallelujah. And we come in here, things may look different, things may sound different. But if we come in here with the same heart to say, God, I'm just here to worship you tonight. I'm here to praise you tonight, God. I'm actually tired, God. There's a lot going on. But God, tonight I have a hallelujah that I just want to raise to you. Because you are good and you are faithful. And you are just. And you deserve all the praise tonight. And so things may be different. But this atmosphere, you are still the same God here tonight as on Sunday. So we just honor you tonight. We just magnify you tonight, God. You are good. You are holy. You are worthy, God. And we just thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, our God, you.
lift him up. Hallelujah, Lord, our God, you reign. Hallelujah, Lord, our God, you reign. Lift him higher. Hallelujah, Lord, our God, you reign. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, our God, you reign. King, yes. and I am reigning over you. I am sending the former and the latter rain at one time to saturate you, to bring you into that place that I have called you to be. Yes. So get your expectancy on. Get that thing yes. working. Yes. Get it on so you'll, you'll be there. You'll be right where he is and ready to do whatever it is he has you to do. Be ready for the rain, says the Lord. Yes. We are ready for the rain. We are ready for the rain. We are ready for the rain. Send your rain. We are ready for the rain. We are ready for the rain. We are ready for the rain. Send your rain, Lord.
tonight we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ we thank you that God the Father you loved us so much you loved the world so much that you gave your only begotten son so that whosoever believes in you should not perish but have everlasting life I just wonder if anybody in here tonight has that everlasting life. Come on, without a shadow of a doubt. You know God has been good to you. And as good as God has been to you, the enemy of your soul has sought to defeat you. Destroy you. Discredit you set you down and shut you up. But 
it seems some light, somewhere along the way in every step and every obstacle, every adversity, the more he pours it out, the more God turns it on. Grace, love, provision, hope, peace, because all my life you have been faithful. I heard a preacher preach on that recently. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's new every morning. It's new every morning. I didn't tell y'all this Sunday, but let me just give you this right quick, a mental picture. That word new in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean you wake up to a brand new batch. But listen, y'all, it's like a step. The word new Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And in the, Hebrew, in the book of Lamentations, every time it says that his mercies are new every morning, it means tomorrow you step anew. The next day, he gives you something new. It's not less, it's not equal to, it's new. The next day, it's not less than or equal to, it's new. It's always increasing. I ain't getting no help up in here. It's always new. His mercies are new every morning. I'm stepping up. Come on, somebody. How many of you believe a faithful God won't leave you where you are? He's always making you better. Always making you better. Why don't you high-five about three people and tell them God is always making you better? Yes. All right, you can be seated. We're going to pray right quick. If you've got a prayer shield with you, why don't you go ahead and grab a hold to it as a, as a point of contact. Jordan, this is going to be yours right there, buddy. This, this prayer shield is a list of prayer requests. If you've got one, we give out every Wednesday night as it's updated. Uh, people with various, various sicknesses, Prayer requests that we're made known, to, known about, known of. And I declare to you tonight, Jesus Christ is a healer. All right, I'll rewind that and say it again. Jesus Christ is a healer. And over every situation that we see on this, this prayer shield tonight, no matter the, the extremity of the physical ailment or sickness or disease, I don't care if it's cancer, I don't care if it's leukemia, I don't care if it's heart disease, I don't care if it's congenital heart failure, I don't care what it is, I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is bigger than anything on this list. And uh, if you were to sit down and write a list of things in your life or your family or your finances or your body that you need God to deal with, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, he's bigger than whatever you could put on your list. Amen? 
So, Father God, tonight we thank you that we can come together and we can agree together. So we lift up these needs before you and we declare, Lord God, over every sickness, every infirmity, we declare that by the stripes of Jesus, these folks are healed. We release a healing word. We stand in the gap. If they can't believe for themselves, we will stand in and we will pray the prayer of faith over them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, because that same Jesus that forgave us of our sins is the same Jesus that said he is the healer of our infirmity. And we will not forget his benefits, who forgives us all of our iniquities, and he heals us of all of our diseases. So, Lord, we speak your healing virtue over every person in this room, those that are watching online tonight, God, those that will be watching it later, those that we are standing in the gap for and praying for tonight, we, de we declare that you are more than enough. Jesus, we love you tonight. We are so very grateful for the fact that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We give thanks tonight in this pre-Thanksgiving service. But God, we're about to run full speed into Christmas season. And it's not about Santa Claus and it's not about Christmas lights. As fun as those things are, it's about the fact that the baby came. Hallelujah. And it's about the fact that the baby's coming again. And it's about the fact that the baby is no longer a baby. The lamb is no longer just a lamb. He is now a lion and he roars out of heaven. And we pray tonight by the power, the person, and the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that still breaks the yokes of the adversary, still breaks addictions, still breaks perversions, still breaks generational curses, still breaks horrific memories. He still sets the captive free and it's in his name, in the name of the Christ, the anointed one, that we pray these things tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you look at about two people and tell them how good they look tonight? Thank you for being here with us tonight. Uh, I know this is a busy week for a lot of folks, so y'all put forth an effort to come out tonight because uh, tomorrow some folk having some folk over to dinner, right? How many y'all cooking? How many already got it cooked? How many y'all gonna be up late tonight? How many y'all gonna be up early in the morning? How many of y'all were raising your hand every time I said a timeline right there, all right? But tonight, you're taking an hour or two and you're coming out so we can honor God, all right? I hope we're not just going through the motions just because this is a Wednesday night and you know what? I won't preach to Tim fussing at me from the pulpit on Sunday because I didn't come to church because that's not my job, all right? But I am telling you we're here to love on Jesus and we're here to love on each other. We love God, we love people, all right? Uh, besides, I wouldn't wait to fuss at you on Sunday. I'd come to your house about 3 o'clock in the morning with a ninja outfit on. I'm just playing. <clears throat> so you can get up in the morning and you can pull up Facebook and, and uh, go to Michelle Poole's Facebook page and say, this just happened. <laughs> so picture me standing outside the window talking to Tim. We both got on ninja outfits. 
But I am glad you're here tonight. Thank you for coming. And uh, we are blessed tonight to have a, a young fellow that I'm kind of partial to. Out of uh, my 20 children that my wife had, our four children, we have our youngest son here tonight. Where's Kendall at? She's home with the baby. Heathen. Our daughter is here, and our son-in-law, Doug, they got in early this morning. Kendall's home with the grandbaby. Uh, so y'all show Doug some love. <laughs> and yes, Gary Provins. Gary Provins is our resident Yankee in the house. So Doug, you're just visiting, brother. He still holds the title. All right. Uh, but we do have tonight Jordan and his precious wife, Kate, who were married here this past summer, right here. So Jordan is a senior at Holmes Bible College in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, we're glad to have our kids home, the ones that could be here. We're missing a couple of our sons and daughter-in-laws and, and <clears throat> the other four grandbabies. I don't care about the mamas and the daddies. They could just send the grandbabies, right? <laughs> Heathens. <laughs> but anyway, we're glad to have those with us that could be here. And uh, Jordan, y'all stand to your feet if you're able. Give Jordan some love. He's just coming back home to share the word. He is the official Thanksgiving turkey tonight. It's good to be here. I'm glad I'm able to be y'all's uh, turkey this year. Uh, it means a lot to me growing up seeing my dad be the turkey, so, you know, passing down the baton there. Uh, <laughs> If y'all could go ahead and uh, turn to 2 Corinthians, we're going to be in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 9 through 18. And uh, while you're turning, I'm just going to kind of give, uh, just to, for the sake of context, give a bit of background of, uh, of 2 Corinthians so we know where we're coming from. Uh, 2 Corinthians was written about a year after 1 Corinthians was written. And uh, sadly enough, uh, Paul is still having to deal with the same issues that he was dealing with in 1 Corinthians. And um, honestly, a lot of what the Corinthians are dealing with is a lot what with we deal with today in the church as well. Uh, they deal with a lot of pride, a lot of uh, having the feeling of having super, as they said, super apostles and super Christians, Christians being higher above everyone else than other Christians uh, because they're able to speak in tongues, because they're able to prophesy, because they're able to uh, understand the tongues of angels, as they say, and have these beautiful dreams. But to them, that makes them better. Uh, again, Paul is reaching out to them and saying, hey, buddy, that's, that's not it. That's not it. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, Greek or Hebrew. Under Christ, we're the same. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of what you look like, regardless of where you came from, regardless of your upbringing of any kind of way. But tonight, I just, uh, this has really been, this has just been harping on my, on my spirit in general, is that how the Corinthians are doing here is the same as how we do in, in the modern day. We're always looking for something else that's not God. We're always looking to, to, to have Jesus plus something to equal our salvation, to equal our fulfilling attitudes. But uh, that, that's what we call syncretism, is something plus Jesus. That's not right. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only uh, remedy for our sin and for our death and our sickness in this, in this world that we live in from the curse of Adam. 
But what I really have on my heart is just to tell you tonight is that Jesus is better. And if you're taking notes tonight, that you can put that as a title, is that Jesus is better. In a world that, that literally you look everywhere and people are in this new age spirituality, we're in this, okay, well, well maybe Christianity isn't right. They're going back to Judaism. We're going back to myth of the, the Greek mythology, Roman mythology, and, and, and the Muslim culture. Muslim is uh, the, the fastest growing religion in the world. Uh, we have other subsects of Christianity like, like, uh, like Mormons and Latter-day Saints and all of that. It's from hell. It's Satan. It's from the devil because it's not true. We need to today as Christians, we need to stand up and tell the rest of the world that Jesus is simply better. Is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as he says in the Gospel of John. But today, like I said, we're in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. Uh, also, what, what, what uh, Paul is going to be talking about leading up to this is uh, Paul is contrasting the old covenant and the new covenant he's contrasting the giving of the ten commandments uh, on mount sinai he uh, versus uh, the coming of jesus christ the coming of the new covenant and he's contrasting uh of the old covenant which was rules and regulations that man could never stand up to and that had glory in itself but just imagine how beautiful the new covenant is that we live under the law of grace, that we don't live under the law of weather, but we live with grace and mercy in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit residing in us today. But I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I said not through 18, but I'm going to pick up in verse seven just to get the, uh, the, the everything that's going on here. But I'm going to start reading. I'm going to read all uh, nine through 18. Verse seven. Now, if the ministry that brought death, talking about the old covenant, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory, though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory and if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for, uh, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ it is taken away. Even on this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who, uh, who with veiled, uh, unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today, Lord God. We are so thankful for you, and we're so thankful for the Son that you sent to die on the cross for us, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we love you today. Lord, we, we love you for your sacrifice. We love you for everything you've done. God, if all you did was send your Son to die on the cross for us and nothing else, we would still be blessed beyond measure. We love you today, God. Be with us tonight and give us safe travels. We love you today. Amen. So, as we, as we read, 
Paul is speaking of the old covenant and the new covenant as we talked about. And he's talking about, hey, if the old covenant came with such glory, but that was just for a time of transition, a time to bring Jesus Christ, the son of God, imagine how great the new covenant will be. And my first point for tonight is the glory of Christ is eternal. And that's verses 9 through 11. And I will read that again. I just, I just want us to be on the same page here. Verses 9. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And of what was transitory came with glory. How much greater is the glory that which lasts? There was immense glory associated with the old covenant. Uh, and all this you can read from Exodus 19, if uh, that, that's where that, where that story starts that Paul is, uh, is speaking of. But at that time in Mount Sinai, when this old covenant was, get, was, uh, was given, it was surrounded by smoke. There were earthquakes, thunder, lightning, a trumpet blast from heaven, and the voice of God himself. The glory of the old covenant was shown on the face of Moses descending uh, the mountain. All this was shown in a great display. Right, we we read stories of like the Shekinah glory following the tip, uh, uh, the, following the tent. It's a huge thing. It's always shown in such a glorious way. This reason, uh, the reason Paul is calling the old covenant the ministry that brought death and condemnation is because that is exactly what it does when it comes into contact with imperfect people. It slays us as guilty sinners before God, that, so that we can be resurrected by the new covenant. It isn't the problem. It isn't that the problem is flawed, that the law is flawed, but it's the problem is that we're flawed. That's the problem. It's not that the law was imperfect because it was given by God. And it is perfect, but the problem is that imperfect people can't live up to perfect standards, and that is exactly why Jesus Christ had to be sent for us. Romans seven five says the sinful passions of which. Uh, which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit of death. See, the problem is it's never God. It's never that God's putting too much on our plate. It's never that God is doing, it's just, it's just too perfect for us. It's that we're just too sinful for God. We're too sinful to be in the presence of a holy, righteous God. If the old covenant, which brought death, had this glory, we should expect greater glory in the new covenant, which brings ministry of the spirit and life. The new covenant is brought to us through the coming, sacrifice, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This new covenant brings us into intimate communion with God. That's the plan that God had always had for man, is to have this intimate communion with man. And so during the fall of Adam, when all this happened, it wasn't that this, this, this relationship was completely broken, no saving. It was just fractured. But through the coming and sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is a mending of that through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a mending of that. That is why Jesus is better. Yeah. I'm telling you that tonight is that nothing else will fulfill your needs and fulfill your life, fulfill, fulfill anything. You couldn't get a job that's good enough. You couldn't find a woman or a man good looking enough. Is that if we don't have Christ, there's sin in our life. And we're always going to be wanting something more. There's always going to be more. But let me tell you something that Jesus Christ fulfills. He is better. Christ restored this relationship between mankind and the Father. Christ imparts his righteousness upon us through our faith in him. And we are now seen as blameless before the Father. And that's, that's so beautiful. Is that we can't do anything to earn this thing called salvation. Grace is a gift. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2 says, grace is a gift so that no man can boast in it. 
Listen, you can't do anything about it. Jesus Christ already paid the price. He already did the deed. He already did what he had to do. And, and he, he simply imparts his righteousness and his beauty and his perfection on us just by us simply confessing, confessing with their mouth, saying, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. Us sacrificing our lives to him and giving him our hearts. As we, as we sung, oh, there's nothing else I have fit for a king than this broken vessel that I have today. He could choose anywhere at these beautiful buildings that, that are just filled with marbles and gold, marble and gold, but yet he chooses broken vessels like us. There is salvation for all who believe. Romans 10, 9 through 13 says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes into righteousness and with the mouth confesses uh, is made into salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the, same, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that to me, that's the most beautiful thing about, one of the most beautiful things about the new covenant is that it's for everybody. Amen. The old covenant was, was simply put there for the Jewish people, for the Hebrew people. Of course, others came to know, uh, know Yahweh and, lo, and know the Lord their God. But, but, there, but all of this was so, was so just distinct to this one group. And through Jesus Christ, it's become a universal thing that anybody who decides to choose Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior will be saved. Amen. It's a guarantee that you will be saved if you call on his name. Amen. Another beautiful thing is that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something that is either talked way too much about or talked way too little about. Things that were veiled, things that were that that were in mystery, are now are now shown in light. So, so much of the Old Testament is, is speaking in uh, a, a lot of kind of mystical ways, but through the Holy Spirit bringing being our teacher and bringing us understanding, we now have the understanding to see these things that were veiled, plain and plain and simple, and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Everybody who believes and confesses uh, confesses the Lord to be their Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of them. God, the spirit of God lives inside of you, that, that, that's something special. Is that God is, is guiding you constantly. When you put your trust in him, he is guiding you. He's convicting you. And conviction, is, it sounds like a bad word, but it's not. It's him bringing you closer to him. It's saying, hey, this, this is bringing a barrier between me and you. I don't want that. This is wrong. Repent and come back. And that's beautiful. The old covenant, which was temporary, came with power and glory. The new covenant is permanent and everlasting, and Christ will reign forever. Revelation eleven fifteen says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and, uh, and, our, and of Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Just the simple fact that Jesus Christ has won the battle. And that he will reign forever should bring such a boldness to our spirit and bring this, uh, th this, this affirmation and this comfort knowing that, that we know what's going to happen. There's a lot of, this world's very crazy. There's a lot of crazy things going on. There's a lot of unknown things going on. And a lot of things that happen bring a lot of discomfort to us, especially to believers because we see people dying and going to hell on the daily. 
But the fact that Jesus Christ will reign supreme and he is the king of the world and he will reign forever should bring us great comfort. And that leads me to my second point that there is boldness and transparency through Christ Jesus. I'm going to read verse 12 through 16. Therefore, there, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, and for, uh, for to this day the same veil remains, which the old covenant, when the old covenant is read, it has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even, uh, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But, whoever, uh, but, who, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Since our hope is in a more glorious covenant, we can have a more glorious hope. Because of this hope, we can use great boldness of speech. The old covenant restricted and separated men from God. The new covenant brings us to God and enables us to come boldly to him. The simple fact is that we need more boldly outspoken Christians. We, we, we live in a world that's full of millions of other religion, millions of other gods and religions. And there's people who are, uh, who are taking uh, their ideologies and forcing it onto our children. They're forcing it into the school systems. They're forcing it uh, onto, onto people who don't really have the ability to understand what's going on. And that's sad. That's sad that we've let it come this far. As Christians, we, we, we shouldn't, we should never sit down and let, I'm not saying we have to go hating on people and telling people they're going to die and go to hell. There's a right way to do it, and that's with love. But the fact is that we need to stand up for what's right. We need to stand up for God. We need to stand up for what is right, and we need to stand up for Christ. We do not have to be ashamed. The glory of God is everlasting, and we will not be put to shame. We can come boldly to God in prayer now thanks to this new covenant. And that's amazing because we don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through any kind of mediation. And in our deepest groans, in our hurt, in our deepest, darkest moments, God is listening to us. The father of lights, as James would say, the father of lights, the father of all creation and of all goodness is listening to you even in your deepest, darkest, most sinful and gross moments is that God is listening to you. Is that Jesus is just so much better than anything else in this world. Moses wore a veil over his face to hide the glory that was leaving from his encounter on the mountain uh, when, when this old covenant was, uh, was given. The same veil covers the heart of the people who listen to the Torah and deny Jesus. Uh, the, the, of course, this, we're talking about uh, the Jewish people here who are refusing uh, to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Through Christ, uh, through Christ, veils of the heart are torn and truth is revealed. There are veils of the heart not only on the Jewish people who refuse to accept Jesus as the Messiah, but there are veils in the heart on Gentiles as well, on the rest of the world. Just to name a few, there's sexual immorality. There's deceit. There's new age spirituality. Spiritual baggage. Hatred. Everything else that you can even think of. There's so many, uh, there's countless examples you can go on and on. But nevertheless, Jesus can restore. Thank God. Is that I understand that all of us are going through something. Each and every single one of us 
can either we're going through something, we can think of someone right off the bat that someone is going through something. We were all once far from God. Ephesians 2 said that we were all once deserving of wrath. But let me tell you something that Jesus Christ can save you tonight. He can, he can tear the, these shackles away from you. You don't have to be bound by sin any, any longer. You don't have to be uh, confused. You don't have to struggle every single day. There will be things that, yeah, that, that some people just struggle with for a lifetime. But let me tell you something that was when Jesus steps on the scene, chains are broken. When Jesus steps on the scene, you are healed. And that will bring me to my third and final point is that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's verses 17 and 18. And I'll go ahead and read that for you as well. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the spirit who God is, spirit. As, as true believing Christians, the Holy Spirit is residing in us convicting us, guiding us closer to the Father. Wherever the Spirit is, there is freedom. There should be chains broken in your life when you come to Christ. As Christians, we should be living freedom, free, free lives. We should be able to walk out and speak into people's lives. Because let me tell you, slaves can't set slaves free. Okay, let me tell you, free people set slaves free, okay? We are the, Jesus is in the business of freeing people. He's in the business of saving people. And people who are about their father's business should be doing the exact same. We should be doing the exact same. Christ frees the believer from uh, the dominion of sins. We see that in Romans 6, 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Christ frees the believer from the, uh, from the law. Romans 7, 4 says, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to, uh, to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another to him who was raised from the dead, and we should bear fruit to God. And Galatians 5, 18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians 5.25 also tells us that we should be able to, we should be keeping in step with the Spirit. Let me tell you something, and if the Spirit is freedom, and the Spirit is leading you to bear fruit, you should be doing these things. You should be examining yourself like, God, am I really keeping in step with you? I call myself a Christian, I go to church, I serve on the praise team, I serve on the welcome committee, I do everything I can, but am I keeping in step? Am I doing these things correctly? The, uh, Christ also frees the believer from the bondage of fear. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, uh, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This is, this is not a life that we live in. We're, we're trembling when people ask us about our Lord and Savior. This is not a life that we live in. when people uh, come to us and they start rebuking us and, and they tell us that, like, oh, how, how dare you uh, be, be free choice of uh, 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 pro-life and all, and all these things. They come at you because you're against their political agenda. We shouldn't cower down and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. We should come right back with love and with, with this boldness that Jesus Christ gives us. Christ also frees us from the power of Satan and the fear of death. And, uh, and this, uh, this scripture says, insomuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same 
and through death he might destroy him who had, uh, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who, who through fear of death were all a lifetime subject to bondage, is that we need to understand that Christ has already won. We, we, we don't understand that We're, we get scared when situations come and when the waves rise, we get scared, but we, we fail to remember that Christ has already, run, has already won. He's already beaten the enemy. There's no more death. There's only eternal life through Jesus Christ. We need to be preaching this gospel and preaching the word that Jesus is better to this world, especially in this time of, of Thanksgiving. There's some people who on holidays, they hurt because their family that's hurt them. Or, they, or they don't have any family left. We need to be reaching out to these people and grabbing them, grabbing hold of them and bringing them to Christ. We can't save anybody. I know that. You know, we can't do it by ourselves, but we know somebody who can. My, uh, my, my, my professor slash uh, pastor that I, uh, I work with, Professor Watford, he's, he, he says, I'm just one beggar trying to tell another beggar where to get some bread. And that's, that's how we should be living our lives is that we should be telling people about the goodness of God. We should be telling people about what Jesus Christ has done for our lives. I remember for, for when I first got saved for a while, I was kind of scared to talk about the Lord to people. I was kind of scared to, to tell people, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, because I was like, oh, they're going to ask questions I don't know about. They're going to ask things, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know theology, you know, like, I don't know apologetics. What if someone, you know, asked me some kind of, a deep question, you know, and, but, but, but the truth is, is that you don't need to have deep theology to, to share the gospel. It, it, it'll, it'll help, it sure will, but you don't have to take apologetics course at a Bible college to tell people that Jesus is better. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today, Lord God. We love you so much. God, you've done so much for us and we are so unworthy, but God, you call us worthy. You look, at us, you look at us and you adopt us through the kingdom, through, through Jesus Christ, Lord God. God, I ask that you would just empower us to tell people that, Jesus, you are better than everything else in this world. You are better than any other false religion. You are better than any other drug. You are better than any other boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. You are better than the world, than anything it could offer, Lord God. God, I ask that you would just keep us safe in our travels, Lord God, and you, would, and you would be with us in this time of thanksgiving, Lord God, and that you would keep our hearts focused on you and, and just keep us thankful for your son. We love you today, Lord. We thank you for tonight, God. We love you so much. Amen. going to say amen to that and I'm just going to say Jesus is better I tried a whole lot of other stuff I probably tried I don't know just about everything but he's better I want us to close together tonight I want you to pray uh, for somebody right there nearby you so if you would just reach over and lay your hand on somebody's shoulder or take them by the hand if, if there's somebody you don't know introduce yourself right quick we're all just one family here anyway there are no strangers here just friends had not met yet alright Father God I declare tonight Jesus is better 
I know in this world tonight, Lord God, we have a whole lot of counterfeit garbage going on. But Jesus is better. God, I want to be like the Apostle Paul said. I want to speak boldly because I know that Jesus is better. I don't need to be crass. I don't need to be arrogant. I don't need to be full of myself. I want to be full of yourself. I want to be full of your confidence. I want to be full of the boldness. I want to be full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that when I speak boldly, Lord God, I speak into the earth and I declare Jesus is better and the very foundations of the earth will shake because I speak the name that is given, the name of Jesus that is above every other name. And God, just to imagine that we as individuals live in this beautiful covenant, this relationship with you, God, that Jesus, you came and you died on a cross. You gave your life. You shed your blood to buy us back from sin and death. And you're not negotiating for us. It's a done deal. When you cried out, it is finished. It was done, God. We are yours. And even as Jordan was speaking tonight, I was reminded of the verse, Ephesians, that says we are blameless. Thank you tonight. Jesus is better. That is so simple, but it is so profound. Jesus is better. So I bless you all tonight in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Let's do this. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior tonight, whether you're in this room, whether you're watching this online, I want to tell you tonight, Jesus is better. Way, way, mucho better. And if you, in your heart, in your heart, you can say, Pastor Tim, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to be saved. Let me tell you what prayer is. Prayer, let's just, prayer's just talking to God. You don't have to bust out with some deep King James stuff. Just talk to God. Just like you would to the person right beside you, but you just look up. That's where he's at. That's why the scripture tells us to look up where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord maker of the heavens and the earth and then you just talk to him and you know what maybe you're in the room tonight or maybe you're watching this live right now or maybe you're going to be watching it later maybe you can say to me honestly you can say Pastor Tim I don't know how to be saved but let me tell you the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved you call on Jesus you call on him. You just say, Lord, save me. Let him do the rest. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fix your problems. If you've got, if you've got addictions, if you've got hidden stuff that, that nobody in your family knows about, let it all go. And just call on Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you what. You can say, Pastor Tim, you don't know the stuff I'm facing. You don't know how big the problem is. Let me go ahead and tell you, the preacher said tonight, Jesus is better. 
I'm, I'll just drop the anchor to my soul on that right there. Jesus is better. So if you call on Jesus and you just tell him, Lord, I need to be saved. Whatever you want me to do, God, I, I come to you. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, Lord. I give up. I quit fighting. I can't do it. Take me just as I am. And you know what? Just let that be your launching pad right there. There's, there's a lot more you're going to learn, a lot more you can learn. But just start right there. Start right there. Jesus is better. Hallelujah. Jesus is better. If you got a bad report from the doctor, if your mama, your spouse, your sibling, your child got a bad report from the doctor recently, why don't you just go ahead and say this, Jesus is better. If you got something that's pending in your body, if you're going to go have tests soon, I want you to speak over your body right now and say, Jesus is better. If some of your family is getting together tomorrow and some of them won't be there because they're struggling with addictions and y'all don't even know where they are. You don't know how to invite them. You don't even know where they are. I want you to speak over them. Proverbs eleven twenty one says the seed of the righteous will be delivered. I want you to speak over them. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He is better. He's better. He is bigger than meth addiction. He's bigger than heroin. He's bigger than... Uh, what is it, fentanyl? He's bigger than it all. And some of you may even be able to say, Pastor Tim, we've got family members who won't be there because they're incarcerated. They're serving time, a long time. Jesus is better than that. My cousin Jeff's sitting back there tonight, him and his precious wife, Jenna. And let me tell you something. Some, most of y'all probably know Jeff's testimony. God found him running from the law. God got a hope to him in prison, in jail. Turn his life around radically. I've dunked him in the water. I might should have held him under there a little bit longer, but I baptized him and God has blessed him, blessed him with a beautiful wife, blessed him with a beautiful baby and one on the way. You know why? Because in spite of every mountain that Jeff Maley faced, Jesus was better. Somebody give the Lord a praise tonight if you believe he's better. Y'all give some thanks for the man of God that brought this great word to us tonight. Now, now he probably brought it to you uh, homiletically correct straight out of Bible college. They didn't like me in homiletics. I didn't follow the rules. Then it was good, Jordan. It's good stuff, all right? That's why if you come in and say, Pastor Tim, you going to preach good like that? Probably not. You're you going to get the redneck country version straight out of McCall. All right? Anyway, don't say anything, James Earl. I love you people. I hope you all have a great, great, great Thanksgiving. Thanks to the folks on the praise team tonight that came in here and set up to give us a little different venue and a different feel. And when they asked me, was I okay with that? Well, we, could we do that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I loved it. I like to switch gears sometimes. Amen. How many of y'all love your pastors emeritus and Mrs. Blease tonight? Pop looking all spiffy in his little hat and his little vest over there. He thinks he's getting some turkey tomorrow, but he's not. I bless you tonight in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
May the Lord hover over you. May he give you increase in everything in you and your family and the good things of God. May everything that God pours out upon you, may it come. I pray, Lord God, as you finish up this year and into the next, I was reminded today as I was in a time of contemplative meditation that the Lord said this would be a year of, of a double portion, a harvest of a double portion. And I've gotten several testimonies of those this year, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're not through with 2022 yet. And I, I reminded myself today, I need to hold on to God too for some stuff and break through and increase. In Jesus' name, this is a year of a harvest of a double portion. And I pray in the next 30 plus days that God show himself strong in you, through you, and to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.